See, Jesus didn't go back up into heaven to say, hey, y'all, good luck. God bless you. Figure it out. We'll see you at the return. He doesn't do that. He went up into heaven, and, and Mark gives us this glimpse that he goes up into heaven to be seated at the right hand of God. What is that? God the Father's here and, and, and Jesus Christ is right here. That's not what we're talking about. This isn't a location. It's a position of power, a position of glory. And if you go to the, the book of Hebrews, it'll tell you exactly what Jesus is doing. He is your go-between, your mediator, your peacekeeper between you and God. And do you know how you are at peace with God? through the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, sacrificed for your forgiveness. The following is a sermon from Peace Lutheran, a church located in downtown Aiken, South Carolina. For more information and for more content, go to peaceinaiken.com. We bow our heads in prayer. Lord God, God of grace and God of mercy, speak to us through your word, for your word is truth. In Jesus' name we pray this in all things. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of things that you see as a pastor. There's a lot of things that you go through and experience, and one of those things yesterday at about 1 p.m., not even 24 hours old, was I stood before a family and the friends of a 48-year-old woman who passed away in her sleep. Good health, awesome wife, loved to love her husband, loved to love her kids, and I don't know if, if you can understand the, the depth or the gravity of standing before these people and telling them there is hope and there is hope in the Lord. But maybe, maybe you've been there too. You see, there's this, this theme of goodbyes in our life, and it's this, this, this encompassing joy and delight and goodbyes and sadness that is all wrapped up into a thing that we call earthly life, and we experience it every single day. The disciples did too. They, they experienced what a goodbye is like, and I want you to ponder that in our sermon text this morning from Luke chapter 24, how difficult it was not just to say goodbye to someone that they love, but to the Savior of the world. Our sermon text and gospel lesson from Luke chapter 24. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what, what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. 
While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Can you imagine standing in Bethany with Jesus, who who is ascending before their eyes, hidden by a cloud, ascending back up into heaven, and now, now these disciples have to say goodbye to the person that they love. Y'all, I am a grown man. I am blessed with a, a wonderful wife and three children. I see a lot of things and I rarely cry. But the times that I cry, and you may never see it because I kind of hide it well, the times that I cry are when I say goodbye to the people I love. Vividly, distinctly remember six years ago, my brother going off to to boot camp with the Marine Corps of the United States of America, and y'all, I cried like a baby. It was ugly crying. I was just up in, in Michigan for that same brother's wedding, and I cried, and I hugged my parents, so I get to see about once a year, and I cried. I hide a lot of things well, I bury a lot of things well, but there's something about goodbyes that that strikes a chord within me that brings me to tears, even if it's a, I'll see you later goodbye. See, you understand that, don't you? Maybe for you it was walking your preschooler into school for the first time and that that little three-year-old looks back at you and they, they smile and they wave and you just cry in the car because your little boy or your little girl is growing up. Maybe for you parents, it was sending them off to college, kind of this, this mark of adulthood passing them off. Maybe it was your child's wedding saying goodbye, fathers, walking your daughter down the aisle, which I don't know how I'm going to handle one day. See, these things in life that happen to us, God gives them to us for a reason. Even at a funeral. Because Revelation chapter 19, Acts chapter 1 comes to life when we say goodbye to the people we love. When we look into the casket of the person that we will not see here on this earth again. When we look at that and have to come to grips With saying an earthly goodbye, there's got to be something more. There has to be something greater. There has to be a hope outside of us that we will see this person. We will see Jesus with our own eyes one day. And that hope is found in the ascension. But before we go there, can I go to a different place with you? to a goodbye that has struck a chord with you, a goodbye that has struck a chord with me that is recent and raw, and I don't mean to open up any wounds that are present or or you're trying to, to work through at this time, but you know the goodbye that I'm talking about, and I know it too. You see, Pastor Jonathan was my mentor in the ministry. Many dark days, you know who I called? I called your pastor. On your dark days, do you know who you called? Of course you do. You called your pastor. A person that has impacted every single person in this room, even for just a short while. And I actually want to ask you, I I would love a few answers. Can you tell me why it is so hard to say goodbye to a pastor that you love? Would someone be willing to share? Uh, 
putting you on the spot this morning. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Stability. I like that. Another one? Friendship. Personal relationship. That's a unique thing. Don't take that for granted. They know everything about you. You are known, and yet you are loved. And is that not an image of God? Yes, ma'am. Counselor. Friend. Counselor. Known. How about one more? Yes, sir. Shared experiences. Eight years for some of you from worshiping across the street and the corner building, right? Um, The place that I got to walk by from the very beginning and many more, praise be to God, many more have come into this place and have found the same thing, fellowship in the family of Jesus. And that is such an incredible, special thing. And I will never minimize that. No one can take that away from you. The shared experiences and the counseling and being known and being comforted and seeing Jesus perhaps in a new way as this this King of kings and Lord of lords, because that's what he did for me. He pointed me back to Christ. And so I have a unique opportunity to come in here today and to talk about that goodbye of the pastor, of the teacher that you love, because that's exactly what the disciples went through on Ascension. And I also have a unique opportunity because I was the young buck straight out of the seminary that got called right after a pastor, a beloved pastor, took a call out of the church in which I now serve. It's actually uncanny, the similar situation. 16 years is how long Pastor Zahn served in Irmo. So take what what Pastor Jonathan had here and double it, right? Grew the church from 40 people, a meager 40, to 240. Beloved, counseled, people known, people cared for. And in all of that, before I even set foot on the campus of Hope Lutheran Church, do you know what I heard? Pastor Jay's leaving? I'm out. The pastor I love is leaving. I got to find a new church. And y'all, I'm not good at math, but I think they came up with a new algebra equation that says Pastor Zahn equals the church. Do we do that sometimes? Pastor Jonathan equals the church. You see, we have to talk about these departures because they are real and they are raw. And if you're feeling that, then that is a good thing because it means you've allowed your heart to love. It means you've allowed your heart to love your pastor, which is an incredible thing. And by the grace of God, who is the Lord of the church, it's it's like God knew what he was doing, right? That he calls this, this young man from the seminary to be your new pastor. And I see the smiles. Praise be to God. Because they welcomed me, and I know that you will welcome him. And you know what never changed when Pastor Zahn left? Do you know what will never change here when Pastor Jonathan left? The word of God having power. Do you know what will never change? Is the body and blood of the Lord fueling you, redeeming you, forgiving you at the altar of the Lord's Supper. You know what will never change? Baptism for the forgiveness of sins. What will never change is God being the God of the church in this place and at hope and across all nations, even when it doesn't seem like it. 
because Jonathan or Jay or Joe or whoever the person might be does not equal the church. Jesus equals the church, and that's what makes ascension so powerful. So can I take you there? Because I think ascension is like this this hidden gem in the Christian church. You celebrate Easter, you celebrate Christmas, you celebrate even even minor festivals like Epiphany, but Ascension gets buried because it's the end of the school year, and it's on Memorial Day weekend, and people got a lot of things going on. And so let's, let's resurrect Ascension Sunday for just a moment. I don't think the church has done a great job of explaining what it means for you in your life. So let's go there. Jesus Christ has always had a plan, and his plan was to obey the will of the Father. The will of the Father is that he would send his Son from heaven down to earth and be born into an impoverished family. A young virgin mother and a father who never speaks in the entire Bible. He's born, he's raised, we don't hear much until he's 12, but he's teaching theology classes in the temple by the time he's 12. And then you follow him, and and it picks up at age 30, right? A younger man than I am. At age 30, in the Jordan River, baptized, and we get to see this, this triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove, and the Father says... This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And Jesus goes out, not for an eight-year ministry, not for a 16-year ministry, for three. Healing and teaching and preaching and changing so many more lives than I will ever impact in my entire life. He tells the disciples over and over, the Son of Man must suffer. He must die and on the third day be raised to life. And they just couldn't wrap their minds around it because they never wanted to say goodbye. And then they get to see it. They see Jesus go into that upper room and institute the Lord's Supper. They see Jesus betrayed by Judas and he storms out. They hear Jesus tell Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And Peter even has the audacity to deny the denial. He then goes and he allows himself to be arrested. He goes to the cross of Calvary in which he offers his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. And they are crushed. You see, Jesus had said goodbye to his disciples before. He said it earlier in his ministry. Do you remember in Nazareth? In his hometown? The people wanted to kill him. They they, they stormed out of the church. They took him to a cliff and, and Jesus miraculously works through the cloud and reappears to his disciples. He'd left them before, but he'd always come back. Same thing happened. He dies. He goes into the grave. And then they're in this upper room and and they're afraid. They are terrified. And who shows up? Jesus. And what does he say to them? Do you remember? Peace be with you. And he goes away and he comes back again a week later and says, Peace 
be with you. And he says it a second time, a third time, peace be with you. And he shows up on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and he has breakfast, a fish breakfast with Jesus. Sign me up for that one, by the way. That sounds incredible. Jesus leaves and then he always comes back. But this time it was different. They go to Bethany and they're standing there with Jesus having a good old time. And did you catch what happens? While he was blessing them, Jesus ascended into heaven. That is, that is more, more beautiful, bigger than we could ever imagine. While he's blessing his people, he ascends into heaven. He, he leaves in the same way that he came to bless his people, to bless you. And then the disciples are looking around and they're like, he's coming back, right? He's coming back, right? And then two angels show up and say, what are you all looking for? The same Jesus who ascended into heaven will come back to get you, but not right now. So did you catch what they did? They worshiped God and they praised God while they waited for God. Is that not what we're doing? Is that not what we are called to do while we wait patiently, sometimes impatiently, for the good Lord to come here to take us back to be with him? See, these disciples, they're, they're, they're sad, and they're lonely, and they're scared. And you know what I think they really felt? I really think they felt alone. And that's something that I know you understand. Because some of you have been laying in the hospital wondering if anyone cares about you. Some of you are going to go home and you're going to get out your checkbook and you're going to look at your bank account and you're going to say, I have no idea how I'm going to pay my bills. Some of you, including myself, have been forsaken by friends, rejected by people we love. Some of us have had children walk out on us, leave the faith, and we have no idea if they are ever going to come back to the church. We know what it feels like to be alone. And don't you think that Jesus knows that? Don't you think that Jesus understands the loneliness of this earth, which is why he didn't create it to be forever? So he gave the disciples a promise, and I need to share it with you today. He said to them before he ascended in Matthew chapter 28, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That means today, and that means tomorrow. It means when your pastor leaves. It means when your new pastor comes. It means when your vicar came, and when your vicar leaves, and when I show up. It means every single day of your life, there is not a time that Jesus is absent in your life. Surely, for a fact, I am with you always to the very end of the age of the age, and that's what the ascension is all about. See, Jesus didn't go back up into heaven to say, hey, y'all, good luck. God bless you. Figure it out. We'll see you at the return. He doesn't do that. He went up into heaven, and, and Mark gives us this glimpse that he goes up into heaven to be seated at the right hand of God. What is that? God the Father's here and, and, and Jesus Christ is right here. That's not what we're talking about. This isn't a location. It's a position of power. 
a position of glory. And if you go to the, the book of Hebrews, it'll tell you exactly what Jesus is doing. He is your go-between, your mediator, your peacekeeper between you and God. And do you know how you are at peace with God? Through the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, sacrificed for your forgiveness. So that no matter what happens in this world, no matter what difficult days we experience, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And you see, when you look in the mirror and you look at yourself, I don't necessarily know that we see worthy people. I see my scars, I see my failures, I see my sins, and I see the, the wounds that I have caused in other people's lives. In fact, so much of our life is, is, is spent trying to cover up our imperfections, right? On cosmetic products and on healing and on counseling. We try to cover up the things that make us imperfect or impure. And yet Jesus sees it. And he loves you. This is the most vulnerable thing that we could ever experience. That Jesus Christ would know every single thing about us. We don't even have to tell him. And yet he considers you worthy of dying for you. A sacrifice amongst all sacrifices. You sit here today on May 29th, a forgiven and a redeemed and a dear child of God. And that can't change. Because Jesus Christ was the Lord of the church then and yesterday and today and forever. And y'all, I do what you do. I worry. I worry about what tomorrow holds in my church. I worry about what the future looks like as a pastor in the world in which we live. I worry about that. And I shouldn't, but I do. I think about what God has in store for my kids who are five, three, and seven months old. I think about how God has fit all things into this kingdom, not for my glory and not for yours, but for his. And so what I need to do, and I hope what you need to do too, is to, to stop trying to figure everything out and just do what God commanded. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and to the ends of the earth. Let's not make this difficult, people. Share Jesus. And I love coming to peace because that's what y'all do here. You stand out there and you love people. You got to be herded like cats into the sanctuary because you don't want to stop talking to one another. That's a good thing. There's so much love here. And it's because of the love of Christ that has been given to you. You know that every person here is forgiven and redeemed and a dear child of God. And that is a big, beautiful thing. And now we get to be his witnesses. And so you know what? Some of my best members today are the people who said, Pastor Zahn's leaving, I'm leaving too. Few did, two only. Most stayed. They said, we'll see what this guy's all about. And by the grace of God, he has allowed our church to grow in new ways. Meet new people. New relationships. I don't like sitting in an office, so I go sit in a coffee shop. 
We get to go out into our community with a new ministry, but the same God. Same baptism, same Lord's Supper, same Holy Word, and yet we get to go out and to do exactly what Jesus called us to do 16 years ago and in 20 years to be his witnesses. And you just get to be the hands and feet of Christ. And that is a big thing. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep loving people through the love of Christ, and God blesses that. And so I don't know if you understand how rare it is that you had a three-week vacancy. (laughs) Three weeks. My uncle's church called 19 times, y'all. Took them three years. Three weeks. Praise be to God. He's coming. And he'll be here in a couple months. And you get to love him as he loves you and as he loves this community. The Lord of heaven and earth is the Lord of the church. And amidst saying goodbyes, we get to say hellos. And amidst goodbyes, we get to say, good Lord, when are you coming back? And you see, this this Ascension Sunday is the same as the other times that Jesus departed. He always came back. And he will. 300 Old Testament prophecies, the only one to be fulfilled is Jesus Christ coming back. Our God reigns and he's coming back to get us. And until then, we will be his witnesses. And we will love him and we will serve him and he will bless us today and forever because he promised it. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. May the peace of God live in you. May the power of God flow out of you. And may here at peace, may you know that the ascended Lord reigns for you today, tomorrow, and forever. In the name of Jesus Christ, now and always, and God's people said, amen. Amen.